Welcome to Bygone Geek. Loading another awesome episode in 3, 2, 1, launch. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Come with me if you want to learn. Eric, don't worry. Nothing bad has ever happened from reading an ancient book found in a tomb, okay? It's just a simple curse. Anaximenun, Emotep will rise again. Bedazzled 2 will happen. But Brendan Fraser's career will be revived. And the seven deadly plague of sins will come back. End of curse. See, Eric? Everything's fine. <laughs> hey, Scout. Why are, you, why are you all wrapped up in toilet paper? Why are you walking like that? Scout? Ah! An unholy flesh-eater with the strength of ages, power over the sands, and the glory of invincibility. All right, Eric. I am so stoked for this episode. I feel like ever since we started Bygone Geek, people have been asking me, when are you going to do this certain movie? Mm-hmm. Well, we're waiting till October. We need the mummy. We need the mummy on the podcast. I said, we will, we will. Well, today, Eric, is finally that day. We are doing The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise, (laughs) Russell Crowe, the best mummy movie of all time. Enter sad tuba music. Boom, boom, boom. We're not doing that one? (laughs) That's the only... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Cruise. All your notes are the Tom Cruise one. Oh, this is going to be a horrible episode. (laughs) My only note for that is turn that movie off and put on Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, which is what we are doing today. Um, uh, Uh... just a phenomenal movie. And again, Eric and I are doing like our um, spooky, spooky episodes. And as we were planning this, it was like, that is something we both grew up in. And it just feels so right watching it in October. So we are doing The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Maybe in 30 years, we'll do Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Sorry, Mr. Cruise. That movie was just, just that movie was scary, but for other reasons. Yes. <laughs> It was so. true. Yeah, I, I I actually don't think I've seen the Tom Cruise mummy. Like I remember seeing all the trailers and I remember hearing all the horrible reviews and I was shocked because I'm like, I love Tom Cruise, but I was just like, this movie looks dumb. Like it's just, yeah, but that was supposed to, from what I understand, like start like a whole thing. Like there was supposed to be a Frankenstein a Jekyll and Hyde, like all yeah. the original like universal monsters and it bombed so bad that they like canceled like eight years of movies like after the fact yeah it was supposed to kick off their their horror classic movies like you said and and that you know maybe there's a bygone bygone geek podcast out there that will do those because those are those old classics i actually started rewatching, and those are fantastic i'm talking like dracula the mummy i mean with boris karoff like way way back in the day um you were watching those i think eric uh, <laughs> i actually helped produce them is that the mummy you think we're doing the one with boris karoff from 1970 yeah, the, black, the black and white one right <laughs> We have two, two different versions of the movie, uh, but you know, yeah, that was supposed to to do that, and it, I I'm kind of a glutton for punishment, I guess, because and Eric and I talk about this regularly, like how do these movies keep being made? I think it's because his co-host keeps buying them. I own that mummy, even though I <laughs> know how bad it is. I just have this, well, I got to add it to my collection. Yeah. And everyone now is like, your collection's really bad. <laughs> adding these movies. But 
that is kind of what I, I wanted to start with a memory of Brendan Fraser, the mummy. And we we talking about like, and anyone who knows us, we clearly like to collect things um, and, and movies. And, and I had a ton of DVDs at one point. Well, growing up, the, the, one of the mummy movies came out for like the first time ever. Um, and anyone who knows from New Mexico, we had a store called Hastings mm-hmm. and they came out on this first ever two disc box set and it was very stylized stylized and like had um in, in ancient inscriptions on the cover yeah and I, I was kind of i'm really i was into those things just like with box cover art yeah and the mummy was just such a, a great movie growing up and i was like oh i had to have it right and and it was one of those things though i remember they released the the blu-ray versions and i bought the blu-ray versions and then I remember they released that DVD collector set. I actually, you know, this was when I was in, I was a young adult. So I was like selling things for money. I, hey, I need to go, I need gas money. I'm selling yeah. these DVDs, right? So I remember selling my Blu-rays and then just being such, having such regret and remorse. I was like, what did I do? Yeah. And I went back with whatever cash I had left and bought the that that mummy two disc box DVD set. And even since it wasn't Blu-ray, it was actually cheaper. Yeah. Um, but it was just a memory I always had. And when we were doing this episode, it, it, I think that just shows the sentiment that this fun, whimsical, spooky action adventure has on us. Yeah. Um, and I think in large part to, to Brendan Fraser, um, and we'll really dive into to him as just a person, I think, um, when we get through this. But anyways, yeah. So I did... I don't remember owning those on VHS. Maybe that was past that, but I did have Blu-rays of them. I have DVDs of them, and now I have digital versions of them. <laughs> yeah. So it's run, and I always say to people, "Hey, if a movie means something to me, I will I will own it on various platforms. Yeah. Um, or versions. So yeah. What about you? Is that something that was a would it be a bullseye or later than that? It would have been later than that because I was ninety nine, so I was fourteen. Um, so I feel like I was at the point where, yeah, I was buying my own stuff. I was going to my own things. And, um, but I am pretty sure I saw this in the theaters. Like I remember the trailers for it being really like scary. And I remember feeling like, oh yeah, I'm adult enough. I'm 14, you know, and I'm past the PG 13 point, (laughs) even though I'd been watching rated R films for years prior. (laughs) Like, I remember this one feeling very cool and I felt adult enough to go see it. And, um, but yeah, Brendan Fraser, I feel like, uh, was a, like I watched all this stuff. I feel like I was introduced to him through Encino man. Cause I was yes. a big, I was a big Polly Shore fan. Like I really dug Polly Shore stuff. So to see <laughs> Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser together and Sean Astin, I was like, that's a, a super cool movie. And it was fi- like, actually, like that was 90, Oh, I think it was like 92 was Encino Man. So this is like seven years later with The Mummy. But by far, I feel like the the turning point for Brendan, Brendan Fraser to be a big box office, A-list, bringing in action adventure, and it's not just comedy, was The Mummy series. Like it really was. And this first one um definitely out of the three is the is the pinnacle one um so yeah i have a lot of fond memories about this movie and i think it's just because of like i said being at that age where it was fun and adventurous and felt kind of um a chip off the old block of an indiana jones movie Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. but also had a jump scares, like yeah. had scary parts. And I felt like at 14, well, I'm like, Jones four was pretty scary. <laughs> it was very Again, scary. for not the right reasons. <laughs> it was like 95 minutes of just horror. <laughs> <laughs> what if they tell <laughs> I mean, I was screaming just, but not. A... <laughs> no. Shia yeah. LaBeouf, damn you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a nod to to movies we grew up with, and it was almost like, and I'll I'll say this kind of loosely, like uh, uh, an older or uh, uh, um, our teenage years version of Indiana Jones. Yes, right, because yeah. we weren't teenagers when Indiana. You were maybe a teenager when Indiana Jones <laughs> came out. Uh, I definitely was not. Um, but we got like our our Harrison Ford in a yes. way with yeah. Brendan Fraser and um, you know he would end up doing other movies you know I think it's like Journey to the Center I can hear the, the angry trolls typing right now oh, <laughs> it's just like you compared somebody to Harrison Ford <laughs> get off my podcast <laughs> <laughs> that was good <laughs> but you know like we um, he did like Journey to the Center of the Earth he, he kind of became this adventurer dude yeah and uh, yeah I grew up with him too with Encino Man and and um, Bedazzled. And I don't know if Bedazzled was before or after The Mummy or during the series he was doing with those, but... I think it was during. I think I think that was actually 2000, 2001, I believe, was Bedazzled. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but he definitely became this, this household name and this... So I was thinking of kind of how to phrase him or how to phrase this. You know, you hear always, well, me, I'm always described as like handsomely good looking. And uh, I think <laughs> with <laughs> Brendan Fraser, he's handsomely good goofy looking like yeah. he's not one weird haircut he's like one weird haircut away from handsome to goofy that's true yeah and in, in the mummy he's he's just rugged and handsome yeah but brings his personality and his goofy and whimsy to it yeah um which which indy didn't really do i felt until the third movie with his with his dad and right. then you got that brought out with the chemistry between Absolutely. him and sean connery yeah yeah you know, but you're just you're signed up for this adventure that's spooky. And then you're also comforted and cared for with Brendan Fraser. It's true. Yeah. He's, we talk about outfits and young David run around in a three piece suit and leather jackets. And, but I, I, I won't lie, man. I, I would, I was ready to Amazon a pair of suspenders, khaki pants and a white shirt. Cause Brendan Fraser and the boots, yeah. Brendan Fraser looks sick in yeah. the mummy. Like, like when we think of video game skins, that's the classic adventurer. Oh, for sure. Look. And yeah. Brennan Fraser just pulls it off. Well, then um, the, the double revolvers too. Yes. Always shoot, like just pulling out like a like Wild West style. Yes. And somehow each gun has like 50 bullets in it. <laughs> <laughs> did he reload? <laughs> yeah. I feel like they did have, a, I noticed that, that they had a few scenes where they actually show him reloading. Because I think there's one with him and Rachel Weiss. Where he's reloading and you see bullet it's so Indiana Jones. You see bullet holes getting closer and closer to him, and she pulls him away. And I think it's like one of the only times they show him reloading, but the prior scene, he's seriously with two should be twelve bullets. He shot like fifty of them. <laughs> like it's just crazy. But I thought that that was you're right. He was super cool looking. Yeah. But in his own unique way, because it's like you can't give him a whip. Like it's straight up right. you're just gonna like copy Indiana Jones. There's just certain things you can't do, but they did. They he had a cool hairstyle, and the suspenders and the white shirt, like you had said, the big boots. But something about I feel like his whip was the always pulling dual wielding yeah. guns. Like, um, and he just, I, I really dug that about him. And when you think about it, 
he didn't really get into a lot of like a hand-to-hand fighting stuff like it was when he did it was fun um but he i felt like he kind of had the same sort of vein of indiana jones where he's clearly very skilled at certain things but other things he just so happens to by association be good at and it's like there's luck involved in his the action part of it and i brendan fraser pulls that off so well throughout this entire movie like he's just uh, he really embodied this this role. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I love every part of this, this particularly this first film, yeah. And I think that's why I kind of gravitate towards, well, I think a lot of people do gravitate towards these kind of heroes. Yes. Very different than the heroes behind you and the heroes I, I love too, like the end game, you know, the Marvel and the uh, superheroes, I should say. Um, we, we, we also need the other side of the coin where it's this, this awesome rugged adventurer. Um, he or she though, w- that they do need a little luck and yeah. they do need a yeah. little whimsy and, uh, and maybe, um, just just another element beyond hand-to-hand combat right. or or marksmanship, you know, things like that. Um, and I think of indie, I think of a video game series, well, it's now a movie too, called Uncharted, um, which also wasn't very good. Do mm-hmm. I own it? Yes, I do. Uh, again, I, I'm the one. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then and the Mummy series. But, uh, oh, and even, honestly, even the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Like, there's just... They give you this feel of as as good as and um, bad bell ringer they are. <laughs> there's a they give you moments of movie like will they make it out of this? Yeah, and we're on that wild ride with them. And and in the mummy movies, Brendan Fraser, you know, there's just so many times where you're right. He pulls out the dual wielding pistols. He does, but then he'll also have these like when he first meets Emotep in the the, the mummy mummified version. He he sees them and he's so like taken back and he yells at him because the mummy yells at him and he screams back at him. And then but then he sh- follows it up with the classic sh- shotgun. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you you need both of those. You and, do. Captain America is not going to do that. No, no, yeah, and and that fits in its own world. But you need movies like this to to give you both parts. And Brendan yes. Fraser, he pulled off that rugged fun, and just like in that one scene, oh, and it just sure. made me smile. Yeah, you know, you well, don't need a macho cheesemo adventurer. No, all the yeah. time. You know? Well, and that's a good actually. That's a really good point, especially with rewatching it recently. Now that I think about it, there's not, I mean, my goodness, it's just like, this is George of the Jungle. Like, yeah. he's shredded, man. Um, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that was Elsa. I've been watching too much Frozen. Sorry. <laughs> A little too falsetto. Um, but the, the like, uh, now that I think about it, you're right. He didn't have like this shirt like there wasn't a like his shirt didn't get torn apart and your you know, it was a bicep and you know <laughs> like there wasn't that kind of like gratuitous sort of like you need this jacked dude even though you knew at the time he was right that wasn't it wasn't necessary for it and and i really i dig that now that you you, you brought that up because you then had to rely on his charm you had to rely yeah. on his his one-liners his even his silent humor it's something that i feel like I, I don't remember if I re- like truly paid attention to this type of thing as a kid, but as an adult rewatching it, there's even like a handful of scenes where he has no lines, but he's just like, there's one when they first arrive to Imhotep, they're like kind of making camp in the evening before all the stuff goes down and he's tying a rope 
around a pillar. Yeah. And the warden that came with him, he intentionally smacks him with yeah. the rope like four times. And the warden's like, ah, ah. And he like keeps trying to get away from it. And you can see in Brendan Fraser's face that like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> like yeah. It's just so, such great physical humor. And nobody had a line. Like, I think it was even... It was a scene where they were panning over the campsite and one of the Americans that was in the competing group was actually giving the dialogue. But I was so distracted by the humor <laughs> of Brendan Fraser. Like he 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 spoke so well with his face, with his body language. Like there was he's yeah, he did great throughout this movie. And Rachel Weiss, I feel like, played off that with him so well too. She yeah. was a great sidekick to him in this movie, without a doubt. Right. They both may have, not to say Rachel Weisz isn't tough, but she wasn't at the start of the movie running through the desert, no. getting shot at this and that. She was in the library. I'm a librarian. Such a great <laughs> line. You know, she knocks all, she does her yeah. own destruction in her own ways, but she's also not afraid to get her hands dirty. No. I mean, she's going into tombs, my, you know, you know, yeah. like she's, she, I mean, that's what, that's what brought them together because um, his, his kind of, rugged charm met her librarian charm if yes. that kind of makes sense and i'm sorry if i just made every librarian mad <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he um you're you're right about the body language and the, it, here's something that he captured right he's doing that motion and hitting that dude but then you can't if he did that to me it also turn and be like uh, i'm not mad at you <laughs> it's okay i probably deserved all that and also Please still save my life. Yes, like he yeah. had both, right? And that's pretty, pretty cool in a character. That's what Indy had. Um, that's what Tom Cruise and the Mission movies have, right? They still, you still um, count on them and, and depend on them. What I think sets the tone for me when when you kind of start out with a movie that um, does maybe not a parody because I don't think it was ever meant to be a parody, but it imitates Indy, but it and it doesn't make fun of it, but it adds more whimsy to it. How about yes. that? You know, but you get to him running and being shot at and chased. I'm a. I love scenes like that in movies when you're on the run with them, and it makes yes. the camera, and it makes. I love something about an action hero running, and every bullet is. It, I think there were stormtroopers in the desert. <laughs> every bullet missed him, but it felt like oh, I almost got him. That almost, and he just yeah. makes the corridor. He makes. He, like he's running in between corridors, but he's out in the open in the yeah. desert. Yeah, and that's that's just him. And then um, I loved the line you talked about. Right, he. He, he's about to get hanged and the guy's got any last words and it's like, you know, loosen the knot and let me go. And just that humor in such an intense moment. Well, and even, because um, I feel like even in that, the guy that's about to hang him he, stops and asks the warden, the, is that okay? And like, yeah. The warden's like, no! <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, I thought that that was one of, like, that was a great scene too because like, I mean, the guy's about to get hanged, and yeah. yet there's humor in he's it. He's cracking a joke. Yeah, he's cracking a joke. Yep. Um, and I feel like even before that, when he like f like kisses Rachel Weiss, and it's just like, I, like I, they establish so quickly that like, oh, okay, there's a there's a spark here. Like the yeah. spark is gonna burn. Like that's like, and they click super well. Um, and I feel like wasn't. Wasn't it also, I feel like there was, there's a lot of great one-liners in this. Was it also in the prison scene where she's telling him, if I get you out, do you swear? And he responds, every damn day. Every damn day. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he delivers it with such a, oh, I, that was sick. You yeah. know, like yeah. just a line, like, 
every you hear that every man wants to be him or whatever that saying is you know yeah. and like that's what Indy and Brendan Fraser they give you these in those moments um because he's behind Bart yeah he's yeah. clearly down on his luck but yeah. Still got, the zing, still got the zinger. Still yeah. got the one-liner. Yeah. Yeah. He kisses yeah. her. You know, there was another character. That's where I really liked the remake of the Star Trek movies, Chris Pine. Yeah. I love a character who is down on their luck, but still is so confident. Yes. Like, and there's a scene where Chris Pine um, flirts with the, the girl, and, and then the guys are like, hey, stop talking to her. Oh, you know, basically those guys are in, in the wrong, but Chris Pine, they count the, there's three of us, buddy, and Chris Pine's basically like, you're going to need another guy. You yeah. know, like it's one verse four, but that doesn't matter. And then Brendan Fraser, he's willing to ki kiss um, Rachel. Yeah. And then know he's going to take a beating after that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But like he's he's okay with it. Yeah. There's something yeah. about that charm there that, yeah, beat me while I'm down. I'm all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and there also is something about heroes that get knocked down or get caught and you see that like the fact that he's not winning a lot of the times in this right. movie. There's a lot of like losing, picking yourself up, dusting off the dirt, other people beating him up. Yeah. Um, but he's just, yeah, it's that Rocky mentality. He just, he keeps coming, he keeps moving forward and you keep loving him. Like that charm uh, of uh, like a lo what yeah, lovable loser, like that yeah. term lovable, like that's very much, but at the same time, you know, eventually it's like, wait a second, even though he's losing, he's still kind of like strategically losing. Right. There's still a luck to this loss, you know, and it, it, like he he did that really well. And you wonder if that's what him and, and Rachel saw in each other. They were both lovable lo losers in a sense, like, oh, this girl doesn't know what she's getting herself into. Yeah. And she's like, well, I just rescued you from prison and you're basically a caveman. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. towards the jungle, <laughs> as you said, you know. But then he cleans up really well right oh, yeah. yeah and and then it's and now he's the the the, the male model role right yeah the, the guy yeah. and i do love you know hey sorry about the punch you know and that then yeah. her it's her brother right he goes oh it happens all the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and it's just like cool move on and and let's and let's get the adventure going and i just always found that just um just as a great way to move the storyline uh, forward in the sense of like, yeah, we're we're a go-lucky, whimsical team now, and yes. we're in this together. Yeah. And when you think about the movie itself, um, I, for one, am not s s signing up for an adventure that involves curses. As we've heard in the Hocus Pocus episode, I'm sitting here with a salt ring around my chair. <laughs> you know, I'm superstitious. Like, I don't want to go. I watch American Pickers and then it was like, people are like, do you want to do that? And I'm like, no, there's bugs. There's <laughs> mice poop. I don't want to go into that. You know, they're about yeah. to go into these tombs and yeah. talk about the undead and, and things like that. Like, I don't know much. Did uh, This movie didn't clearly make me inspire me to go into like any Egyptian tomb stuff or searching. Did right. it inspire you as young, you know, you're a teenager, like to get into mummy stuff? Or I, I feel like it was for several years before that. I did have a stint of about four or five years where I wanted to be an archaeologist. Oh. Like I did. And I think the movie for me that got me into that was Stargate. Um, the original Stargate movie was Egyptian. And the okay. main guy, <laughs> Robert California, was, <laughs> oh, was, yeah. the, was the main guy. And him and Kurt Russell. Um, I never and remember Kurt Russell name. had like the buzz cut in yeah, that one. Straight yeah. up flat top yeah. buzz cut. But that was like Egyptian based mixed with it, like aliens and stuff like that. And uh, so this was right up my alley as well. 
uh, Indiana Jones was always up my alley. Like I, I had this idea of, oh, archaeologists get to have adventure. Mm. But then slowly but surely I realized like, no, you are, you're in the dirt. <laughs> like you're digging up bones. That's all you're doing. Like there's zero adventure. You don't get right. a double holstered pistols. You don't get a whip. You get like a little, like a dental hygiene kit <laughs> and a brush is right. what you get. Um, so yeah, I realized that Hollywood sold me a bill of goods <laughs> and I, I switched after that. But, uh, but no, the Egyptian stuff was my jam. But like you, I also, <laughs> I like your comparison of, yeah, I wouldn't go into an American picker's barn. So I sure as heck ain't going into an Egyptian pyramid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you're, I'm going to be an archeologist. I'm like, I'm gonna be the librarian. <laughs> you know, I know where I stand on this. I, I wear a sa- like a satchel to work. You know, uh-huh. uh, my lunch is in it. That's about <laughs> it. It looks cool, but if anyone opened it, they'd be like, "You've got uh, packs of tuna, some rice cakes in here. What else you got?" I'm like, "Nope, that's it. No adventurer tools. Nothing." Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not like a, a bug out bag. It's not like it has all this cool apocalyptic stuff that you need to survive it's just like no i got my pb and j for the day <laughs> that's it <laughs> just my sandwich in here um you know i would have the yeah i love everything else the attire um you know i actually have never even been um on a horse or in their case they were riding uh camels yeah and you, you know again just the other team that's another thing i loved like the other team had all the other gear yeah the, the people um and it was and then you've got our team the three yeah um, but you never team. counted them out yeah the ragtag team you yeah. never count them out though and and then of course Brendan Fraser Benny you're on the wrong side, side of, of the, the river. river yeah and he says that with such a rugged but I'm a teenager yeah uh, he's it's immature but it's great it you is know? yes yeah and, and that's I, what he is in this movie yes I agree and I do I think his relationship. They established so quick. I mean, right in that first scene, like you were saying, like in the the, the fight scene, they established that Benny is a schmarmy. Yeah. I'm gonna turn on you. I'm gonna close this tomb door, even though you're telling me not to. Yeah. So don't yeah, close for, door, don't close that. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So even to have this, yeah, that particular scene where he's just like, "Well, we got. Looks like we got all the horses." Like they, I love that. They, they seem like bickering brothers. Like yeah. is what they seem like. Yeah. <clears throat> A little clear throat. Oh. <laughs> Both of us clearing throat. This is great podcast content. <laughs> Editing. The plague. The curse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shouldn't have read my intro. But um. no, I, I do think that they had, they like with Benny... Um, and same with the, the on both the hero, the ragtag team side, and on the villain side, there were tiers of them that you had. You know, Brendan Fraser obviously at the top, Imhotep obviously at the top, Rachel, and then you have um, uh, Nox and a Moon. You have like Benny, and like it, it's just and jo- Benny and Jonathan. I feel like we're both army and yes, yeah, yeah, and they would abandon their team from time to time. Right, like, it's just uh, they did a great job of having these kind of you know, uh, leveled um, tiers of hero and villain, which made it so much fun. It was great in that way. And that other team even had their own, like, um, less version of Brendan Fraser. Remember, yeah. he he was like their blonde and blonde dude. Oh, and, yeah, the American guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, because he had like double pistols as well. Yeah, like he, yeah, yeah. He was definitely didn't have the same cool factor, but had the the look. Like I feel like now that I think about it, he reminds me of um, 
Oh, what's the Lannister character in um, the blonde-haired oh, yeah. Lannister? Yeah. yeah, he looked a lot like him. That same actor. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, just a good-looking dude. I think that speaks volumes to Brennan Fraser, though, and yeah. Harrison Ford. You know, again, I'm not com- don't I'm not comparing. To that. Uh, <laughs> he but... said it again. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but like you were, repl- and and uh, here's what's interesting: it speaks volumes to to Brennan Fraser again and Tom Cruise. And movie making, like story and 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 plot and all that, right? But like you just can't interchange him. No, um, that guy couldn't have been Brennan Fraser, and maybe he auditioned for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he he, you know, Brennan Fraser made that role, and he made the Mummy movie. Yeah, I knew going in, Tom Cruise was not going to replace Brennan Fraser in my no. head. Like the, to me, those you can have the same title, but those are separate roles and separate people. And Brennan Fraser to me is that character. Yeah. Um, it's he's iconic for it. I guess well, Keanu Reeves has done so many movies. I do always view him as Neo, I guess. Yeah. But when I think of instantly Brendan Fraser, he has cemented himself in history to me as an in a, as the mummy and in an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it just shows that, you know, how other ones are forgettable. And you know, the mummy three they they dropped off, you know. The Mummy Two I thought was still pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but if you think if you th- if you look back at it, this is a an interesting question. Why are all our heroes? Why do they have a sidekick or a companion that usually bites them in the butt? And it's just out like if you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that dude totally leaves. Um, he's uh, Doc Ock. Yeah. And he's he's oh, a yeah. great actor. I'm just losing the, I can't remember his name, but you know, he leaves Harris, he leaves Indy in the tomb. Yeah. As yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, throw me the whip. You know, he doesn't. Right. right. But why was Indy with him? And then in, in kingdom of the crystal skull, Indy's with his buddy again, who also right. turns on him later in the movie. Right. Like, or maybe it was, yeah, it was in the beginning. He, mm-hmm. he's now with, you know, the the Nazis or whatever. But like, why do our heroes have that guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there is like, they just need to always be overcoming some sort of a speed bump, no matter how big or small. Um, and I feel like it's also, especially in adventure movies like this, there, I think there's always this mentality of greed will get to people who are even yeah. like supposed <clears throat> to be your friend. Like, sure. especially, I feel like, especially in this, the actor that plays Benny did such a great job with that. He was so charming. And so clearly profit-driven, but also whoever is the biggest dude in the room is who yes. he's going to align with. Yeah, yeah, he's you know the dudes he sides with Emotap. You're like, <laughs> what? That and was one it, thing from this movie that I realized that in order to not be attacked and killed by a, a mummy, it's like there is no salt circle that works in this particular movie. <laughs> but in this one, it's just like you need to have every religious <laughs> necklace possibly available, yes. uh, and to be able to know whatever your first panic line is in each of those languages, <laughs> or a cat. That's it. That's the only way to fight off Emotap. <laughs> he's like Doc Brown with the money. Briefcase. Uh, he's got all these <laughs> like different so pendants, you know, and he pulls them out to try and make them work. Yeah. Um, you either need that or, or uh, yeah, I would be done for because I wouldn't want to have a cat around me. And yeah, same. You know, yeah. But I, I, you know, Benny, you're right. It is that your partner will, you know, will eventually, you know, take, take, get taken by greed. And then Brendan Fraser, you see like the, the difference. I also think that the, these side characters are resourceful, right? Somehow yeah. they always manage to find their way back and they'll, until we, they ultimately get their demise. Right. Yeah. And then it's yeah. so gratifying. You're like, yeah, you know, but Br- Brendan Fraser knew Benny 
would mess up at some point and oh, he would for use sure. that. But I love the boat scene, right? He finds Benny, throws him overboard. <laughs> yeah. And it's just great. And then and later in that scene when when um there's the attack, Brendan Fraser t- tells the uh the warden, mm-hmm. just wait here. I'll get help. Oh, yeah. And you kind of watch the warden. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got my back. Ah, you know, and he realizes, see you, buddy. Like, yeah. you're not, you've, you've treated me like crap. I'm not going right. to help you. I'm not going to yeah. go to my to help you. But yeah, you I just, just tried to hang me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like the day prior. Yeah. But he yeah. does deliver that line with such sincerity of like, I'm a good guy. Don't worry. I, well, yeah. here, I'll get help. But then it's like, you it, you moron, you know? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, I do... I feel like they established uh, that whole grouping of characters and who you knew the villains were and who you knew who the heroes were and then the tears within all of that. And it was surprising to me because in my mind, when I like try, like flashing back to this movie, I thought there was the uh, kind of like the entire movie had like the jump scares and the scary parts and stuff. But sure. rewatching it as an adult, it's like at 45 minutes, 45, yeah. 50 minutes, suddenly the tone of this movie switches. Uh, like, yes. Yeah, so it's just like when they finally make it to Imhotep, it, it really transitions from this Indiana Jones on camels and horses, like crossing rivers, like fighting off people, fighting yeah. off the bad, the people villains. So then all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, you read out of the wrong book. <laughs> like, you did the wrong thing. Then yeah. you get face-melting tombs and scarabs crawling into your skin Little, all at yeah. once. Yeah, it's just like, gives me the creepy crawlies, man. <laughs> like, it's and, so terrifying. And they did that intro so well when we see Imhotep walking as that dude who loses his... Yeah, Benny steps on that guy's glasses, doesn't help the man no. as he's laying on the ground. Benny could care less, right? And that guy, you just start to... You're like, oh, no. And he, you just see the Emotep walking through the shadows. Yeah, and it, you're just like, oh, that's this is not good, right? And we get yeah. the reveal of that his his half, you know, corpse face and his yeah. body, and it's just, and he's big, and and it's yeah. just like, oh my gosh. And so we have that that scared, intense feeling. And what I love, and I, I referenced this earlier, is that so does Brendan Fraser when he first sees him, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yells at yeah. him, yells back. Actually, that scene helped me with haunted houses. I was always so scared of them. And then I, when you watch that scene, as he yells back at the fear, mm-hmm. if you yell back into your fear, it helps. Yeah. And then he shoots him, and it's like, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And of course, it just was like, that's our, that's our guy. It's, it's just a scene that always stayed with me. Like, if you're scared at something, we'll yell back at it. Right. Right. Yeah. But then run, <laughs> run away. <laughs> I also don't have a shotgun, so I'm just gonna yeah. yell and run away. <laughs> uh, hike my suspenders up <laughs> and run out there. But um, you know, he he kind of like Emotep, and then that guy who loses the glasses, he kind of like tortures him. Or and like, yeah, I didn't really realize that growing up. Of like, he took out his eyes. Yeah. We didn't see the scene where he takes his tongue. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and then he needs, I guess then he just devours the rest of him to yeah. regrow. Yeah. But I didn't realize, like, re-watching, it's like, he kept that guy alive. Yeah, it's very creepy. Because even, like, that's the scene where he's, yeah, he's got, like, the bandage around his eyes. He can't barely speak. And Benny has made the alliance with Imhotep, and he comes back. It's like the next day. Yeah. Like they hunt him down in his own hotel. I think yeah. it looks like in the hotel lobby just to take the rest of them. Like it was, 
that I, I feel like, mind you, people, people who are so critical of like, oh, the mummy today looks hor- like that the CGI is so bad. It, when I was 14 and I watched this movie, it was terrifying. Like yeah. that whole, especially at like when he was like full, just like juicy, gross skeleton, little bit of muscle, like mummy. And as he started kind of coming into the actor's look, like it was, he was a commanding, terrifying presence. Things that, were crawling like, out of his face and stuff yeah. like that. Because he was dead. He was a corpse, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. And I feel like at the time it was a groundbreaking, cool character. And you're right. Like there was this idea of like, oh, wait, Brendan Fraser, you know, O'Connell's in over his head. Like this is like he's he's used to just fighting other guys with guns. He ain't yeah. used to fighting a guy that looks like this and has this immortality and all of these powers of the undead. Um, so, yeah, that 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 first face off, which is nuts, like almost an hour into the movie right. was a really like it was a, a turning point even to go from adventure sounding music. And even the way it was filmed was adventure yeah. to dark corridors to, mm-hmm. and jump scenes and like scary music like it, it switched to a horror film like after that. I really think it did. Yeah, it's funny. I'm glad you brought up the CGI. Um, I, I, even rewatching it, it's like I, I I get lost in it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's obviously it's not real, and I think that speaks volumes to how good it is still to me. They were you mentioned in over their heads, and then I think in movie terms they were in over their heads in the second one, and that kind of you you know this world. I don't. How did they make? the scorpion king's digital version at the end looks so bad mm. compared to how the mummy digital version looked i think they're night and day yeah you think they just tried too much to make the rocks human version of the upper torso they just couldn't figure yeah. that out because i'm when i watch that's i will watch the mummy too and then it's that end that really turns yeah. me away it takes me out of the movie yeah of the way i think looks. the tough thing was is everybody knew who the rock was at that mm. time and like you said we know how he looks. We know his eyebrow raise. We know his facial features. And I think it's called um, the uncanny valley is is where when you look at CGI or even things now, like the, the face swap stuff that you see people do, yeah. that when somebody's face is just slightly off, humans are designed to be like, oh, I don't like that. Okay. That you're just like, oh, this is this just, just doesn't seem right. Then it's off-putting. Like that you yeah. can't, your only response is like, something's wrong. I don't like it. Um, and it, it, I feel like whenever they have bad CGI, you recognize that the face doesn't look right. And mm. you just, you instantly oppose it. And I think in this movie, Keeping the Mummy, it wasn't until he had already stolen the, eye, the t- eyes, the tongue, all of that sort of stuff that... I mean, it was, uh, I think once they started showing the actor, he was like missing part of his mouth and maybe like his head and his neck. So it was only pieces parts that were CGI. So you could see the real actor. Um, And I think that that's what helped it is like you have full blown kind of corpse version of the mummy and then slightly partial that it, that it looks good. Plus I, I wouldn't be surprised if the budget of this one was probably more than the second one. Well they like, had to pay like the it's... rocks uh <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just the rock sorry, Mr. Dwayne, you weren't that big, I guess, at that point. He you know, he probably didn't get that's probably the first and last money. time he was affordable in Hollywood. Yeah, right. <laughs> was just in that movie and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Like, you know, we we saw in this the transitions of 
Emotep. We saw him as a human yeah. and the mummy, mummy, mummy version. And then his body starting to come back. And so different versions with the scorpion, with the mummy too, we saw the rocks human version. And then just that half skeleton, half scorpion, half, half of his body. I guess where I, we know some of my favorite movies most of it is green screen. Yeah. Most of it is CGI. I saw this meme the other day. It was like, this is the best scene out of a Marvel movie. Do you know which one it is? And it was just a green screen. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I hear that. But if you can make me, if I know it's fake, but you can make me think it's not. Yeah. Mission accomplished. And I think they did that with this Emotep yes. in all versions of when he became the mummy and started to regrow back. I just don't think they did that with the rocks. You know, no. in the mummy. Well, too. and again, to give that that in and of itself gives more credit to the actors like Brendan Fraser and, and Rachel Weisz yeah. to to knowingly yeah. when when you take away the movie magic, to knowingly be in this like corridor that's probably not very dark because they had to light it to film it, but in post production they make it look creepy. Right. To then be standing across from an actor who's probably wearing a green like sock over his face. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, but to act as if like, you're acting like how the viewer is going to see this creepy, juicy faced, gross mummy. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Like such good acting. And I was like, like I said before, I was terrified at 14 watching this movie and having legit parts where I remember jumping and being afraid and to see fear in, the eyes of uh, our main hero also sold that 100%. So, yeah, good on everybody for, yeah, having to. I, I just couldn't imagine. I would just laugh. I, I If I was that actor, there's no way I could make it convincing <laughs> for the right. audience if you're wearing just a green sock over your head. Like, it's just like I couldn't get past it. Yeah, oh. I guess kudos to the actor who has to wear the green sock <laughs> on their head of making that, like, you know, making the that believable too yeah i another thing i, I was thinking of is i rewatched this and you talked about the the levels of each team and the character roles uh our ragtag team survived every person on that other team dies in this movie yeah. and i didn't even spoiler alert i guess uh <laughs> i didn't realize that growing up yeah that none of that team makes it because in horrible you get ways too horrible all bad all three yeah. i mean you get we we talked about the guy who lost his eyes his tongue and all that he probably went out the worst i guess because yeah. it yeah. was like you know a slow burn but then you know you pivot to like okay we, we know who's gonna get go next and it's gonna be the their version of of rachel yeah that, um he's i always remember him as richie rich's dad and mm -hmm. uh with macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. and uh you know in this he's got the book and he's running and again you get that fear element yeah and now he's got the the long robes yeah and he's shifting through and uh and then you, the, that professor dude thinks he's safe and then you know a couple scenes later you hear that blood curling scream yeah and, he, and, and then I, that's what i love about these movies too and it's almost it reminds me of universal um studios and their rides and stuff we don't need to see the devouring scene no i, I love that we see the skeleton though yes and it's yeah. just like a movie prop yeah but it looks this is so good and fun. It does, yeah. I don't want to watch him get eaten. But yeah. I like seeing the skeleton and it, the way they did that. I agree. And it is it is something that I feel like was also used heavily in Indiana Jones, and they did it well in this movie. Of I think it's when he finally goes into the hotel, and it's the blonde hair, the Lannister-looking guy. Yeah. That when he comes into the hotel, they pan to a wall, and you just see the shadow 
of him being lifted and then turning into a skeleton and then being thrown. Um, That that whole like scary moments cutaway of just seeing a silhouette, a shadow on the wall. They did it so much in this movie uh, that, yeah, I, I, it's such a cool piece of, it's just such a cool way to do that, like filming and cinematography wise. And it feels like it's clearly like that's only used in adventure movies. Like, and I, I like that. Yeah. A blood curdling scream is really all you need. And yeah, to have like um, a glorified universal studios backlot skeleton on the ground is good enough. Like it's, and I'm, I'm sold. I'm terrified. I'm bought into it. Yeah. And I think Raiders did that to us and, you know, we didn't need to see um, the actor who, who, you know, tried to um, cheat Indy and left him behind. Right. He gets killed by the traps that Indy was able to avoid, but we didn't need to see that. We just saw him pinned to the wall. Right. And there's something about that, that is just, it's still, it's satisfying as a movie watcher in the sense of, oh, well that scene happened and they did it. So I didn't need to see it. And I just love the, the fun nature of the reveal. You know, I don't, I don't go to these movies to, to watch someone get devoured, but to still get the payoff yeah, and to still show how strong and how, how scary Emotep is. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, um, and on on that side of it, to like establish so clearly that how powerful and scary Imhotep is, I still like I, I, going back to Brendan Fraser in the same kind of capacity. I love that they had scenes throughout this movie. So, like you said, every time he he faced the fear, he yelled back at Imhotep. That like you have this ragtag team led by this, you know, human guy that like has luck from time to time, doesn't fully know what he's doing, but is cool enough to get the job done. Like I loved those face-off moments that he had throughout this movie with Imhotep and even with the other guy that was like the head of the, um, I always remember him as he's a, he's a gigolo and, and, and Deuce Bigelow. If you ever saw that with Rob Schneider, <laughs> literally he has the same long hair, same like dreamy accent and he's just a gigolo in a comedy Rob Schneider movie and they made it in the same year as The Mummy so that's the whole like I don't see him as this mysterious guy on a horse I see him as a gigolo on a horse in this movie um, but even that like the, the he had a face off with him where he knocks him off his horse and he's got a knife and they're about ready to get into a fight and and Brendan Fraser pulls out a piece of dynamite yeah, lights it, and yep. he's like, he, you know, you bring a knife to a gunfight, he brings a stick of dynamite to a knife fight. <laughs> like, yep. talk about an ultimate trump card. It's gonna go bad uh, for either both of us or yeah. somebody, and you, you know, yeah, yeah. But he had a lot of those scenes, and especially with Emotep, that were similar again to Indiana Jones. Like, you know, to be, uh, I think of like the rope bridge scene in Indiana Jones that he's willing to be like he's sitting. I'm gonna. We're all going to lose. We're all yeah. going to lose. I'm going to chop this bridge down sort of thing. And Brendan Fraser's character, O'Connell, did that so much in this movie. And I feel like, like we were talking about Imhotep, as they established him as such a creepy, grand villain. I feel like we got that counterpart. They ramped up Brendan throughout the yeah. whole movie in that same way. And I loved every second of it. Like I was convinced that like, Okay, we're gonna get a face off here soon. It's gonna yeah. like these two have to face off eventually. Yeah. Yeah, you may be big and strong and powerful, but I'm working off luck and reckless abandonment. So yeah. what yeah. are you gonna do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I felt so bad for the the Lannister guy because uh, he was like he never got his bourbon. He wanted <laughs> a bourbon true. and then a bourbon chaser <laughs> yeah. and something else with bourbon and he never got it. But you oh, know, poor guy. Just... <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, those um, just the way Emotep um, took them out, and and Brendan Fraser was, uh, I'm coming for you. You yeah. can you're gonna take Rachel now. I understand that, but he's like, I'm coming for you, and just like the way he delivers that too, he just is so so good at being a rugged adventurer but also t- and taking along for this ride um and being fun about it i think that's that's hard to do if in some of these movies where it's overacted and yes. over bad bell ringer uh you're just like eh, i don't that's yeah. not real i don't right. care for that i don't feel brendan fraser made you feel like you could do it yes too, yeah you yeah. know like you were you were with him but you could also do it and that's that's always fun when you're watching a movie um yeah, I yeah. I think like as the movie kind of went forward, um, and and there, it like there you know you see some more CGI and some really cool elements where Emotep like creates the the sand skull face and he yeah you know I love that that pilot got his um it's sad when you rewatch as an adult but he also he got what he wanted yeah he you died know, with a smile on his down. face yeah and sucked up by quicksand <laughs> our worst fear in the nineties. <laughs> Hey, there's yeah. Oh my gosh! But there's a, I guess, a reference to a different. Well, not the mummy, Tom Cruise, but those guys are hanging off the sides of a plane, and yeah. Tom did it later in a Mission Impossible movie. But I love how Brendan Fraser just leans over. How you doing down there? <laughs> and Jonathan's like, How do you think I'm doing? And then that other, the jiggle, good-looking guy. He is very good-looking. Yes, uh, he is. Guy yeah. as well, uh, he's he. I think he's happy. He's yeah, enjoying he's it. Yeah, a good old time. Yeah. yeah, he's probably like, "That's better than a, a horse." Yeah, <laughs> moving a lot faster. Um, you know, but a great scene as that guy gets to go into the quicksand and get get again a sad scene, but turned very whimsical and fun. Absolutely, and it's like adventure yeah. continue continues on. Yeah, well, and I feel like that that was, I feel like in the last like 10 minutes of this movie, it was so, like, I feel like to have all these kind of pinnacle scenes where you have Rachel is taken away, you know, the, the you know, the, she's taken away and Brendan has to like save her, you know, the typical adventure sort of thing. Um, but then all of like more the minions, like the, the kind of guards of Imhotep come yeah. to life and um, all army, the, I think it is, right? Yeah, but yeah. like all the fight scenes with that, like even through rewatching that as an adult, like there were so many good parts of it where you're having Brendan Fraser in a sword fight with this mm-hmm. like six dead skeletons. And even throughout it, there's humor of like he chops one in half, one sneaking up behind him and he doesn't see it. But when he pulls his sword back, he stabs him in the head. And then it's <laughs> like, they did such a good job of having this subtle humor. Yeah. In a, he's being attacked by this undead, this undead army, yeah. and yet they have humor in it. Like it was yeah. so good. Like I yeah. loved that. I got away with that one, you know. Okay, on to the next. Like that down on your your luck, or just like someone's always got his back, and it just makes it makes it more enjoyable than having to depend on some. Uh, I love the action hero stuff we grew up on too, but I, I think I'm more prone to just the fun, whimsy nature. Yes. Uh, of these and and it's not real right right he's fighting an undead army so it's good that it here, here's you, gotta have, kinda... you gotta have your kevin malone moment <laughs> you're like mummies aren't real and this is <laughs> do you remember that in the office he's like mummies aren't real she's like no kevin there's mummies in the museum and he's like why would a museum have mummies in it <laughs> 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 yeah, and much, and much like our podcast, like it's the words I've been looking for. It doesn't. The movie doesn't take itself too serious. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I think if it did, people like, oh, you know, you're making a movie, but yeah. So we were talking about the CGI, though, right? Of how good the mummy looked. I 
I I have that effect with movies where if, or shows where you're watching and if you see like ants mm. or, or or any kind of creepy crawlies, you feel I might I do like my skin's crawling. Mm-hmm. When those scarabs, oh jeez, yeah, come at the the people and the body and they just yeah. dev- they devoured one of the dudes. Yeah. Remember, yeah. like. Oh, I my, even in 2022, the, you know, this movie came out in the 90s. Watching those scenes, it makes I my skin just like I, I hate those scenes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, they, they get into that guy, and, and remember, they get into Jonathan. Yeah, and Brandon Fraser has to take a knife, and Jonathan's like, "No, don't do that, don't do that," you know. But it's like that's the only way, and I well, and that's that, a fear like I he, have. He cuts it out, and then flick. And there's even one moment where Brandon Fraser looks at Jonathan like, "Oh, this is gonna hurt," and he digs it in and flicks it out. And I love that it's just like, no, it's Brendan Fraser ain't going to stomp on it. He's going to yeah. shoot it. He's going to shoot the bug. Just point blank. Yeah. It's like such, like, I feel like they established so much of that in this movie that it's just like, he had to do things in such an extreme fashion that it's yeah. just like, bring a stick of dynamite to a knife fight. Like, uh, I'm not going to step on this bug. I'm going to shoot it <laughs> like with yeah. my revolver. Um, but it's just, yeah, I think you, you touched on it perfectly of this movie did not take itself too seriously. Right. And I think that that's why, you know, when we talk about the the horribleness of, sorry, Mr. Cruz, but the, yeah, like we said, that mummy was horrible. It tried to take itself too seriously, as yeah. I think is why it did a, such a horrible job. Um, and I think that that's also why we just are so in love with Indiana Jones. And because of that, we love this movie is none of them take themselves seriously but at the same time when they do there are moments that when they do i am sold as an audience member that i'm like this is great like you gave me laughs but then you give me a serious moment and you overcome this grand challenge like it's just the balance is so good and that balance is necessary it's absolutely necessary yeah a thousand percent agree and i think the mission movie started to learn yeah from that too right they are more fun and whimsical nature i was just a a big misstep with that mommy movie which which is sad because i don't know if if we'll get um another remake you know honestly as we talk about you know we've gushed over this movie we we got to gush over brennan fraser i think even more is just a, a person he's clearly getting this um revival as he's done he's getting awards and seven minute standing ovations for that movie the whale which i i am excited to see again it's a guy who we just talked about being fun and, and whimsical i think this is a really serious yeah. um, emotional role that he, right. he he took on um you know and you and i talked about this and we agree like everyone's like oh he's back he never left no. for us yeah he's always been the guy whether you know, he's in smaller roles or TV shows. He plays, he's in the Doom Patrol. Like, yeah. And I think he's covered in head to toe in that. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, and he was going to be a villain in the Batgirl movie. Right. Um, you know, he, I just always felt like he's, and another, I always say things like this at the end of our podcast, but again, it's why we talk about 80s and 90s because it's still stayed, he's made a, he stayed relevant to us yeah. in so many positive ways. We And and those are from, because we watched his movies growing up, right? Yeah. Bedazzled, Encino Man, The Mummy. Um, the, there's other ones. Um, the one he did, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it, but it's like he's coming back from the past. Oh, Blast from the Past, yeah. 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 Um, you know, like he's just, he's just a great, wholesome character and anything he does and it he and it seems like he reflects that in real life um, I, I agree and i do i think that that you're right even though hollywood kind of 
did and not even kind of did him wrong and didn't cast him in anything for for like a decade or more um that's what i love about his the movies that he created in our in like our childhood in like the late 80s and all throughout the 90s and early 2000s like even though he went away and hollywood did him wrong he didn't go away to me i was still watching yeah. blast from the past i was watching george of the jungle and Cino man airheads school ties like all of these things that he was in yeah. and he it, he was so captivating and so um I don't know. He seemed like somebody that you could know and somebody you could have a beer with and that mm -hmm. if something went down in that bar, he would save you. Like, yeah, like don't worry. He like puts your hand on your shoulder and it's like, you know, I, I got this. Yeah, and yeah. And like his big, broad shoulders and just the way he is, he, he's a presence. Yeah. But like you said, he's he's probably also a gentle giant. Mm -hmm. He'd probably have that presence and then be able to talk the fight down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm if more that than, didn't work, you know, he'd be like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, you know? I'm more than willing to realize that in a real life situation, I'm the Marcus from Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, I'm not the hero. <laughs> like, he, like, I'm just like the guy who's aloof, doesn't know what's going on. I'll probably, as he winds back to punch the guy, he elbows me because I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah, flips back over the bar. And then you wake up to Brennan Fraser, just like, it's going to be all right. You know? and then, like, did we win? <laughs> He's carrying. Me, he's carrying me off into the sunset <laughs> you know yeah but even if, that goes back to what we talked about where you know he's he's hitting the warden with the the rope like yeah brennan fraser knocks me behind the bar but at the end he still saves my butt it's like yeah beers on me buddy yeah Thanks, you know and yeah. he just seems like a wholesome guy in real life and i'm so stoked that he's he is getting all this praise because it's it seems so well deserved because it it, it doesn't seem like he's made there's no false note in, yeah. in, in to me i mean one of my favorite things he's done was when he was a, a guest character on scrubs mm, and yeah. um again a show that's really really funny and has these this comedic moments but he very heartfelt moments when they want to and he was yeah. a part of a great storyline for that and it, and it just I felt like in that we saw the real Brendan Fraser, maybe just how he is in real life. Yeah. You know, you see interviews where he's playing Nintendo Switch or he's mm -hmm. just doing stuff and he just seems just like one, a regular person. Yeah. Who's, who's probably experienced so much in his life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always think this thought, like when you can have a gold carrot leaf on top of your meal, you've, you've maybe, or you've eaten at one of the craziest places in the world or done some of the craziest experiences in the world and it doesn't make you feel different or better than anyone else. Yeah. I feel like Brendan Fraser gives off that vibe. Yeah, he's super humble. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. You're, I'm a, I went along for a ride, but you know what? You're always along for the ride with me kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, well, you know. I, I agree because even in the, his recent interviews for The Whale, like um, everybody keeps focusing, obviously on him, doing such an amazing performance that I'm, can't even wait to see but he would so quickly deflect to his co-stars that he would just yeah. be like i couldn't have this platform i couldn't have done this performance to this level if it wasn't for this co-star this co-star this director this cinematographer like he as much as he's so convincing at being in this ragtag team and willing to be the pinnacle of this team, like I think even behind the scenes, that's like you said, that's how he is. He yeah. understands that a team is what gets things done. But at the same time, I think even though he's super humble, we know that you need the essence of Brendan Fraser in order to truly push it off, you know, to get that 
get the adventure, get the excitement, get the the final riding off into the sunset moment. And yeah, like you said, um, this whole podcast is about like bringing back nostalgia. So to see this like comeback kid, this retro comeback kid in Brendan Fraser, who it's just like he deserved to be here the whole time. But sadly, it didn't, you know, didn't pan out that way. But to see him now get his comeuppance and hopefully get in line for Oscar nominations and and that maybe we might see a, a Mummy 4. We might, uh, like, I'd be on board. Yeah, I'd be on 100%. board for sure. Yeah. And they got to bring Rachel Weiss back. Um, uh-huh. not, yeah. No knock on, I think it's Mir- I can't remember her name, but she re- she replaces Rachel Weiss's character in the Mummy 3, but like bring back the OG cast. Yeah. And I think in nostalgia, we've seen that in a lot of movies that have made a return or a sequel or uh, whatever. You bring back the the cast characters and maybe it's where Brendan Fraser's, I think it's his son Alex in the second one or whatever, or he might even be older in the third one. I really, I don't think we'll be doing a podcast on the third no. one, um, <laughs> Emperor of the Dragon Tomb or something like that. I can't remember. But like, you know, bring it back to where maybe Brendan Fraser has to save a family member yeah. or maybe even not. Honestly, I could honestly, if the movie opens up and him uh, behind another jail cell yeah, and he's got to just do everything again, like I would happily sit yes. through that in, in 2022. And I think that just shows his staying power. You can replace, you can do journey to the center of the earth with the rock and you can replace us in that. Well, Brendan Fraser though, his genuine personality and just who he is. And he even says he didn't know that people cared this much. Brandon Frazier, if you're listening, we, we do. And I'm happily signed up for the mummy Four. uh, I think it would be awesome. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I can't say it any better. Um, so yeah, like we really appreciate you guys listening to the second episode of our month long retro fright series. We got more stuff coming up with, uh, what Ernest scared stupid, uh, we have a Halloween spooktacular that if you guys want to submit kind of your memories of Halloween, your retro Halloweens, please do. Uh, and then we're closing it out with the crow. So you get three more fun, uh, episodes like this. Um, and we're going to then switch gears to November themed month and December themed month. And then it's, it's just going to be great. I, I I'm really loving all of this. So, um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And until the next time you see us or hear us, be sure to live your life with just a little bit of whimsy. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to Bygone Geek. Please rate and review our podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Bygone Geek. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin.